Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, today on the show with me, I have Shelly Gaither. Now, Shelly, to me, you are an up-and-coming rock star, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> okay, Shelly is a writer, but she is first a librarian. Yes. Okay, so for me, if you are a librarian who has now published, self-published or not, and we'll talk about what, you, what you're doing with that. Okay. Um, two novels. Yes. To me, it's like the makeup artist becoming the supermodel. Okay, because you're in the library and you love reading and you're looking around at all these books and now you've written two. So I just want to say, as a writer myself, kudos to you. Well, thank you. It's got to feel fabulous. It does. It does. So would you say writing in general is your passion? What, what specifically do you write? Young adult? Right now, young adult. Um, I'm a school librarian and I work with primarily sixth graders and seventh graders. And it was important that what I'm writing could be read by them and accepted by the parents. And it's a funny story how I got into the writing. In around 2010, 2011, a lot of the girls were very into romance, teenage romance. Mm -hmm. And we had lost our eighth grade to the high school. So when I started looking for age-appropriate romance, there wasn't a lot out there. And we were having to go back. I reordered all of Beverly Cleary's books, which were from quite some time ago. And one of the students one day just said, Miss Gaither, you write all the time. You should write a romance for us. And so I did. That is a great story. I mean, you know, I just remember reading at that age, too. Judy Bloom was, yes. you know, the big deal for us back then. And it just provides such guidance and comfort. And, um, you know, it's such a like a secret world for the kids to to live in. And I think it's so neat that they're reading books that you wrote and that you can discuss with them. And if they have questions about why you made specific writerly choices, mm -hmm. you know, or if they're angry at a decision you made within your story, or if they loved it, just to know that the author is in the building, right? Oh yeah, and it's really funny the feedback you get from middle school kids because they're very honest. Honest, yes. There were students- They have no filters. That, no, and there were some that absolutely loved the book and then there were some that kind of were really funny. They were like, I kind of kept thinking you were going to have something bad happen. And then it didn't. And so I think maybe you should have something really bad happen. And I said, but I'm a good end. I'm a happy ending kind of a person. And that's what I think most people want. And then the second book was written because of the outcry from the boy population at school. They were really excited for me, but they were like, what were you thinking writing a girl romance? And I said, well, because I am a girl and I kind of remember what it was like. And so I really had a group of boys that got a pile of sticky notes and went to a table and brainstormed of what they wanted their story to be about. And so the second book is for them. It was really hard to write. It took a long time. It's from a boy's point of view. I had to rewrite it multiple times. And um, so I'm really kind of glad that project kind of came and is done. The point is you're getting kids reading. Yes. 
Yes, yes. You know, mm -hmm. so I mean, if that's the only thing that comes out of it as far as the publishing of these first two, and the first one was a a contest for a NaNoWriMo yes, it National was. Novel Writing It was. Month. It was actually a challenge from that student, that original student. She was in the sixth grade. It was 2010. And so we agreed together that we were going to write our novels that summer. And I honestly started and wrote probably two or three chapters. And then when I came back in the fall, she immediately came to the library and said, finished my book. So let's see what you've got. And I was had to be honest and say, I didn't finish it. And she goes, Miss Gaither, I wrote mine on my Blackberry. And so that actually got me going that if a 12 year old could write a story on her Blackberry, that I could too. And so I just, at the time I was starting a YouTube channel, the students at school, we do book talks on there. The ones you can see publicly are me. And um, I was looking at other YouTubers and someone was talking about this writing contest. And so I came back to school, pitched it to a few of my teacher friends. Five of us attempted the contest, two of us finished. My other friend who has now retired from teaching has just published her first novel, which was that story from five years ago. Right, and you know what? That's what happens. You can start writing something and it could take five, 10 years, right, to publish oh, it. Yeah. So, okay. What kind of challenges then would you say you had? Why didn't you finish more than three chapters over that well, summer? Well, I'm somebody that is a great starter. I like to set up the story, and over the years, um, I've written lots and lots of short stories, and I still have all of the stuff that I wrote from high school on, and um, I was really good at setting up the story, um, working out my characters, my plot, my setting, but then after it would get hard around three, four, or five chapters, I would stop in favor of something that seemed more fun and more attractive. But it's, it's still hard because right now I'm going back and forth between two projects, which is stupid to do. It's just like me loving to read and having four books going at once, mm -hmm. one in the kitchen, one Some at work. Some people do one, that, though. Some right? people do do that. But I think the best thing that came out of this is that when that first year when my friend Vivian and I both finished that contest, and then we, um, NaNoWriMo, which stands for National Novel Writing Month, which you can see online, um, they kind of lead you through becoming a self-published author, but I didn't know at the time. So I, I used to tell everyone with that first book that I was published by accident because it really happened by accident. I, I didn't even know how it had happened. And um, if you're a winner of a contest, you're given some freebies. They offer five free copies of your book if you finish. And so what happened was the next year, my friend Vivian and I, we, we started a young writers club. And so I think one of the neatest things to come out of this is not only do I have kids reading those books and then attempting to write their own, they're coming together. We have a young writers club right now. And I'm also getting feedback from older students that have now gone to the high school that still are creating novels, short stories. And one of the things I told them is everyone has a story. And even if it's just a short idea, write it down so that you can remember later on. The thing is though, you're making it seem possible for them. Well, it is possible. Exactly. And I, and I and tell all of them, that. I say, you know, I always love to write. And just for whatever reason, my parents were both teachers. I went into teaching. I never got that, hey, you could really do this instead. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons why it's so important to me to not necessarily to have the books, that is certainly exciting, but to show other students that it is something you can do. It's something you can do in addition to whatever else you're doing, and you don't have to wait until you're my age to do it. And so I want people to know that any day the opportunity is out there, and all they have to do is just go after it. Now, are your books on Amazon? They are. And what are the titles? The first book is called Kissing Mitch Murray. 
and it's what I would classify the girl romance. And mm. the second book is called Running After Olivia, which is also a teenage romance, but not as much romance since boys don't really like to read romance, even though I had a lot of people, boys included, read the first book as well. So, right, right, yeah. right, right. So what do you think you've learned about yourself through all of that? Well, I'm really, um, I like to explore new things. I'm, I'm excited and eager to know what I'm going to do next. And I'm not just somebody that's going to retire and go home. I certainly love planting flowers in my garden, but I'm already anticipating what is the next thing I'm going to do. And I want the students to know that their whole life can be that that way. They can be constantly moving towards something else. There's never a day where this is it. It's over. And that the possibilities are endless of what they can do. So I believe to get people to act, especially kids, right? Mm -hmm. But for all of mm -hmm. us, that we need to envision something first, explore what it would take, and then execute a plan. Mm -hmm. So for them to envision making this change, what should they see? Well, what should they see? I just recently met with a group of teenage girls at another middle school who had done a book club with the first book, Kissing Mitch Murray. I actually met them because they'd read the second book, but when we got into the discussion, they also had a bunch of questions about the first book, and they really related more to it because it's the girl story. And she has a she has a lot of more she has a lot more challenges in her life that I think they could relate to. And I think what I want kids to know is that you can learn how to navigate your own life by reading. I certainly learned a lot of things through reading books. You mentioned Judy Bloom. I, I grew up reading you know, Nancy Drew mysteries, uh, Trixie Belden, um, certainly Judy Bloom, and many others. And it's so funny that when you, when you put yourself out there in reading in books, you learn so much that you don't know you're recording that you can remember later on. And there's a lot of common sense, a lot of neat things that you can learn that just being a reader exposes you to. How did the girls feel about the fact that you were really writing from the male perspective based on requests by boys their age. Did they realize that they were actually learning a little bit about how the boys think? They thought it was really funny, the things that the boys thought were important. The boys do not think the romantic element of the story is as important. What was more important to them that there would be cute girls in the story, that there would be hot cars. Just like real life. Like real life. The story, the list was amazing, and I already had an editor beg me for the actual list. And I said, no, I think I better hold on to those because it's in their handwriting. There's six of the of the little notes, and they wanted, they wanted there to be like four or five main characters. All of them drive a car. Like one was a Lamborghini, one was a Corvette, and um, one of the cars was a classic Mustang. And so in the second story, the boy is trying to get access to a classic Mustang. And they also wanted hot girls. It says hot girls. And preferably they would love one to look like Selena Gomez, which I thought was really cute. And then they wanted one to have a sidekick of a chimpanzee that would ride around the cars with him. And that was really hard to work in. Right. And so I really only took a few of those elements, but it was a direct answer to them. And, um, but like I said, I'm kind of glad that project's over because I would, I would work and work and work, and then um, I'd have a beta reader come back and say, well, you know, Shelley, a boy wouldn't really talk that way. And i go, great, because I'm not a boy. Right, <laughs> right, no. So let's fix it. It's difficult. Yeah. So, okay, so if somebody wants to make a change like this, then that's what they can see. And then how should they go about looking into actually doing it? Where, where is the exploration process? 
Well, if you want to be a writer and you want to tell your own story, the first thing is to write it down. If you have an idea, you need to keep track of your ideas. I tell the students, because a lot of times in middle school, they're embarrassed by everything. They write a paragraph. They don't want anyone to see it. They'll crumble it up and throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. And I say, never throw anything away. I mean, put it in a shoebox under your bed. Because in two years, that might be the idea that gets you started on something. And I think what's interesting is what I do in the library at West Middle really transfers into all the stories I'm doing. I'm certainly gathering tons of information about being in middle school. I do not know for the life of me why I enjoy them so much because every day I go and I'm still excited to be with those kids. And they can be knuckleheads from time to time because of the age group, but for the most part, they really have accepted me. And um, what happens is those stories become part of all of our story. And what I want kids to know too is that they really can change their world. They can change our world. And um, that's one of the things. About two years ago, I did a pitch in the library where every time they came to the library, not only was I teaching, um, you know, what great books were out there that you could read and library skills, that kind of thing. And, of course, we deal with a lot more of how to use technology appropriately nowadays, that kind of thing. And uh, But one of the things I pitched to them is I had read the book 365 Ways to Change the World. And I went through that book combing it for ideas that middle school kids could mm -hmm. do. And so I incorporated that. One of the characters in the second book, she has this idea that she's going to change the world. And I think in that story, it, it's funny because the kids asked me about it. She's raising money to provide bathrooms for schools in Mozambique. And I said, that's a real charity that you could contribute to. That's a real thing that a 12 or 13 year old could raise. 10 or $15 to incend and make a difference in someone else's life. Because I wanted them to know that a lot of times when you're a kid, you don't have a lot of control over your actual life. You can't control who you live with or where you live or this, the um, circumstances of your family. But you can dream big and you can have the most awesome life because it's out there and they can make it happen. And they can also change the world for the better in the process. You know, we just uh, we just interviewed Jessica Collins from here too. And, and yes. one of my questions was going to be to ask you if the setting of your story is Kentucky. Well, it's funny. The second one, it's, it doesn't ever really say where it is. There's a lot of Kentucky elements in it. The first story is not because I wanted my characters to go on a trip and they needed to only be about four hours away from a beach. And we're about 10 hours away from the beach here. And so I had changed the setting of that story. But, um, you know, I love it that Jessica is one of those kids from our community that's changing the world. She went through West Middle. She sat in the library. She certainly had to listen to me do book talks. But she is the exact example of somebody who says, I can do it. And it doesn't matter that I'm in the seventh grade or the eighth grade. I can actually make a difference in someone's life. And right. then now that's exploded. And she is an example of a kid who just decided, I'm going to do it. And for those of my audience members who have not listened to or seen that episode yet, she provides beds for kids who need beds. She does. She does. And we have, they have stories, I'm not sure if she shared with you, where by word of mouth, families would find out and, you know, a mom would come to their door and knock on their door and, and may not even be um, an English-speaking mom, but knew that they had beds because she wanted her kids to be able to sleep in beds. They've done a fabulous thing. And yeah. Jessica is just, a, she is a star, not a rising star. She's already there. There's some really great people here in Kentucky, I'm finding out, and I haven't even been here that long. It's a friendly place. Mm -hmm. We'd like to think so. But good-hearted people with great intentions. Yes, yes. So to execute a plan then, what do you think is the first step? If somebody is listening to you right now and you are inspiring them and they want to write a novel or a short story or even just start taking notes, what do you say 
Get a pen, a pencil, and a piece of paper and go at it. It's, it's just getting the story down because we can have that great idea and if you walk away from it and you don't write it down later, you might not be able to put it together again. Starting is the hardest part. And then just to keep writing and to allow yourself to fail. That's the biggest thing a lot of people think, this sounds horrible, I can't continue. But if you just keep writing by the end and you have something. And that's one of the reasons why I love that contest. It, it encourages you to write so fast. It's amazingly crazy. You're supposed to write 50,000 words in 30 days. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place during the month of, the no of November. It goes on all over the world. But the funny thing about that pace is you can't slow down and you can't make changes. So some of it might stink, which is why I had to rewrite both of those books several times. But but they say, first get it written, then get it right. Right, and it's, you. one of my friends, and of course I have a lot of friends who write, and we hang together when we have the time, and one of them said that someone else told them, the hardest part sometimes is finishing the book, because lots and lots and lots of people dream about writing a book. But when it comes down to really sitting down and doing the time to get the story down, and it doesn't matter how you get it down, whether you use a laptop, whether you use pencil and paper or a legal pad or the Blackberry, like the mm -hmm. little student that I had that was such a motivator for me, just getting the story down. And you can always come back and revisit later. But for people who are out there who think they can't do it, they can. You just have to believe in yourself. I think that is a great final thought. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing your passion because it's incredibly inspirational. And I know audience members are listening and they're saying, I've always wanted to write, I should start that now. Yes, start right now. Don't waste another minute. Do you have a website or a point of contact? I do have a website. It's www.shellygaither.com. And um, they can also certainly contact me through the YouTube channel, which is the WMS Librarian. And um, I'm in the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thank still you. one of those people. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much really for having me and enjoy your time in Kentucky. I'm going to. I'm definitely yeah. going to. And look at this. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful. You can find me at motivatemepodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Oh.